Spectator or participant, welcome everyone to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. And it is the 10th of April for those of you celebrating Easter this weekend that just passed. Happy Easter. He has risen. Um, Today is Holy Week for those that are Orthodox Christian like myself. So, um, you know, hopefully you guys are keeping Lent in order to get that going. Now, I have so much to talk about. Uh, as you guys know, I was traveling, uh, obviously, for various reasons to various places. And I have to say, one thing that I was very impressed about is that our nerd friends at MIT are actually sick of what's going on. Uh, so they've been very helpful, especially those that have interned at Akamai. They're fantastic. Now, having said that, there are so many things we need to go on about. I mean, we could talk about the Matt Taibbi, Elon Musk drama, but that was expected. Almost orchestrated, maybe, not so much. Who knows? Just take it as it is. Roll with it. See, this is a circus, and we love circuses, especially when the people are the ringleaders. And it's actually happening. Now, while many don't observe that, uh, those of you that have been listening for a while can obviously see the writing on the wall. Now, I also went to a birthday party in uh, New Orleans, and we stayed at a hotel, which is one of my favorites, and it just so happened that, um, you know, the planning for the new arrests and the new protests that the left has planned, we're all having discussions there, which was quite fascinating. It was a little bit too much for me as, you know, obviously I went to Bourbon Street and had fun for the party. So I was kind of, uh, you know, I think in one of the breakout rooms where I was um, present, garnering information from one of the affinity groups, I, huh? I closed my eyes and I was actually at a point where I was like, if I don't open them now, I'm literally dozing off in this room. So, uh, good thing is, I can pull off disheveled, uh, you know, lefty very well. One of them I um, identified as they, them. Another, I was a he, um, transitioning to a girl. I mean, you know, I didn't have much with me. I did bring a lot of equipment. It was very interesting. Um, In fact, um, part of our, uh, well, a member of our family overheard children in the elevator that were at that training saying, well, we heard a lot, but they didn't say anything about our safety. No shit. Cause they don't care about your safety. It's all part of the plan. You put the moms and the kids, women and children, and that's it. Uh, and you use, uh, you know, climate change as an excuse to burn, break or kill people, you know, cause that's normal for them. And as we see, you know, hit pieces are being done on Supreme Court justices, but the leaker has been left alone to the point that our Supreme Court justice may not have any protection. And so it's important that all of us tweet the crap out of the FBI and D.C. police and on truth to ensure that every single justice, even the leaker, are protected because that's what the right thing is. So, um... You know, it was an eventful weekend. It was a lot of fun. Um, And Boston was extremely unexpected, too. Uh, You know, 
picking up what, you know, I was just flabbergasted uh, with the, uh, how can I say, flip of the script that is happening amongst MIT nerds and in Harvard. They did give me some stuff on Epstein too that had to do with these um, professors, uh, specifically in regards to experiments. So um, haven't parsed through all that because, you know, their security is quite high. So I don't know anything about computers. So I'm going to have to wait for someone to do it for me because I don't know anything about computers. Just saying that for the record. <laughs> so I thought today before we start talking about the news that we, we understand the difference between determinism and fatalism versus predeterminism. It's very important. So uh, I found a nice clip on YouTube that I'm going to play. I'll probably pause at some point uh, because maybe then you'll understand what position President Trump is in uh, as, uh, as, I guess, um, right now, how it seems. I think that's the better way of putting it. So allow me to share this video because, you know, knowledge is power. And when you have a knowledgeable populace, there is nothing you can pull the wool over their eyes with. I have to say uh, the education is the key to a well-functioning society along with being happy. And we're not very happy because we're in the dark. And I, I think someone actually posted a fantastic um quote by Maximilian Robespierre. Uh, it says, the secret of freedom lies in educating people, whereas the secret of tyranny is keeping them ignorant. And unfortunately, the press is supposed to be the one educating the people, uh, not so much spoon feeding them, but educating them. And we don't see a lot of that happening. Therefore, you know, some journalists have to do real proactive journalism. So let me bring this video in so we can see together what the differences between determinism, fatalism, and predeterminism are. Enjoy. Sir A. Commenters questioned, what's the difference between determinism versus fatalism versus predeterminism? To quickly discuss the important question of determinism versus free will, it's essential to first understand different concepts of determinism in philosophy. So I'll outline what each of these three means and the differences between them. First, determinism by itself today typically refers to something called causal determinism. Causal determinism states that events within a given paradigm are bound by causality in such a way that prior states completely determine any state of an object or event. The state of the universe right now determines what happens next, regardless of our will. Those that accept causal determinism believe that there is nothing in the universe that is uncaused or self-caused. For the most part, causal determinists are physicalists, meaning all there is to the universe in reality, at least we know of, is nature and the laws of nature that are unchanging and rigidly bind us. French scholar Pierre-Simon Laplace gave one of the earliest and most straightforward examples of what we mean by causal determinism, an idea now referred to as Laplace's demon in 1814. Laplace imagined a vast intellect, later renamed to demon by his contemporaries, that knew the positions and velocities of all particles and understood all the forces of nature and computational power. 
Theoretically, this demon would know what would happen next in any given situation, as it could do the calculations needed to predict where each thing would end up. If you believe our minds are made out of just atoms and are a part of nature, just like everything else in the universe, Laplace's demon will know precisely what you will do or think next, no matter how much you try to trick it or will it away. Of course, nothing like Laplace's demon exists today, and such a thing may not even be possible. The important thing to understand is that if such a thing could exist, that all events in the present determine the next subsequent event, then causal determinism is true. Now, this is different than predeterminism, which states that all events are determined far in advance. Not only are events caused by initial conditions, if we or Laplace's demon knew all of the conditions, our entire future could be known. Predeterminists accept that you, what will happen to you in 10 years is going to happen whether you like it or not. Just to be clear, just because predeterminism may not exist doesn't mean causal determinism does not. Sometimes you'll hear arguments uh, that quantum mechanics, the best current description of energy and matter at small scales, proves that determinism is false due to the unpredictability of particles fluctuating in and out of existence. If an interpretation of quantum mechanics in which not knowing anything for sure is true, that only proves that predeterminism is wrong, not causal determinism. Yes, perhaps a Laplace's demon-type entity will never be able to predict the future with complete accuracy due to the indeterminacy in quantum mechanics. But that doesn't mean that we're no longer bound by cause and effect in the rigid laws of nature. It's possible that predeterminism is a bad description of reality, while causal determinism is a correct one. And finally, there's fatalism, a broader family of related philosophical doctrines that refer to the view that we are powerless to do anything other than what we actually do. Now, fatalism includes causal determinism, among other views. Theories within fatalism include omniscience fatalism, logical fatalism, and physical fatalism or causal determinism, which we just covered. Omniscience fatalism basically means that an all-knowing being or beings determine all or part of our lives and foresee the future. This divine being may know what will happen in the future, but doesn't actively participate in our lives. Or as in the Judeo-Christian God, it can and does actively participate to bring about events and miracles. Logical fatalism is the idea that future events must be determined because anything we say about them now must be true or false. Therefore, changing our fates would require changing the past, which is assumed to be impossible. So for example, I might say that a comet will hit Earth sometime in the year 2021. Either a comet will hit Earth during that time or it won't. One of these two things will happen for sure. Now it's fated or necessary that a comet will hit Earth or is not going to hit Earth. No acts are free because they were performed. It was already true that they would be performed. Then there's causal determinism, which is what we just discussed at the top of the video. Now, are any of these uh, really uh, good descriptions of reality and true? Well, it turns out that uh, we have very good reason to accept causal determinism. So make sure to subscribe for more videos below about that topic coming up. Predeterminism will depend on a final theory of everything, of matter and energy, which no one knows right now. There's no coherent argument right now for theological or omniscience fatalism at this time. And there are some issues with logical fatalism, but for the most part, no one cares about that one. Now, if you like this video, please give it a thumbs up to help it rank in the YouTube algorithm and subscribe for more videos like it below using the link in the description and turn on the notification bell to receive updates when new videos are out. Thanks for watching and hope you uh, like this one. So this goes back to the theories that I have presented in regards to storytelling and the hero of the story and how they develop. It's it's very important to understand the different, uh, I would say, concepts of this. 
right? And I urge you guys to reread that because a lot of people that are people of faith don't seem to understand what they're reading. In essence, if you're reading it, so's evil. And if evil already knows who the writer of the book is, then why are they following the plot? Key question, ask yourself. Now, his will will be done regardless. And it's always for people. Serve your fellow person. You are serving your God. That is the way it is. <laughs> when you serve yourself, you serve <laughs> your own self. Well, that's another God that a lot of people like to subscribe to, and it doesn't always work out too well. Sometimes they even let them get away with things only to put them back in place if they decide to change. And that is the way it is. If you guys go back to the podcast of the hero cycle, you will see the point that everything is determined and where there is no hope and na 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 na. I hope that many of you see just how many wins we're having, especially with the news that are going to be coming out the next couple of weeks that are quite alarming. Many of you will be like, it's over. We're seeing a lot of uh, moves happening and a lot of shameless, outright issues. A lot of people are complaining about Twitter labeling things as state-affiliated, kind of like, you know, Twitter removed NPR state-affiliated designation and replaced it with government-funded. Because <laughs> they are. It's all propaganda. We should see the same labels on CNN and MSNBC, you know, CBS. All of them should have labels. But they were actually very upset that they were replaced with government funded. NPR changed their bio and say they're independent. No, you're not. You're government funded. There's a government division overseeing you. Don't forget, you help propagate the whole COVID shenanigans. See, they love TikTok. They really did love TikTok because that's where the COVID misinformation began. They used it very well. USDAM used it and they loved it. <laughs> but now they apparently don't like it. Why? Because their algorithm is pretty awesome. It shows you exactly what you want. And what it does is it brings like-minded people together. Fantastic algorithm. Whether it be Chinese, Russian, or anything, it's pretty interesting. Now... In, I just wanted to let you guys know a bit of the things that are happening. There are a lot of things that are currently in the fire, a lot of irons in the fire. You've got a Schiff expose coming. I believe that I would love to show you a preview of the unfinished video so maybe you guys get an idea of what is to come. It's going to be pretty interesting. Because, you know, funny thing is, uh, I've written a lot of articles about Adam Schiff. A lot of them. Because he's actually very important. And it's quite unfortunate that other people aren't looking at pencil neck that, that tightly. Remember, from the fake whistleblower to the fake complaint to the cover-up, two, 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 two. I can go on and on and on. So what do we do? What do we do? How do we fix the issues? 
with our nation? Well, we expose them and we hold them accountable. See, nowadays, the thing is, we, the people, are watching and they don't like that. They really don't. They dislike that there's attention on them. They want you to go back to picking out your backsplash and minding your business. You shouldn't be involved in politics. How dare you? This is their biggest problem, that you're watching and you're letting them know you're watching. Because they used to get away with a lot of things, especially murder. And you know what's funny? Actually, I can almost picture Elon sitting there with his big clunky, you know, I don't know who picks his shoes. He needs to fire his wardrobe person. I'd rather see him in a pair of like Stan Smith. I'd love to see Elon Musk in a pair of Stan Smith, right? Because his shoes, like, come on, Elon, man, like who, who dresses you? But anyway, I could picture him sitting there with his feet up on the desk laughing as he's ready to troll. Um, I actually quite enjoy it because his trolling is pretty, pretty on point. But I wonder, you know, how do any of them make it out, air quotes, alive from this? So let me provide you a musical interlude that um, doesn't have all the bells and whistles, but I think those watching should be very aware of what's coming because, you know, it's usually the people on the other side that are watching these. Please enjoy. hope you guys enjoyed that. That's the trailer. I should be putting it up on uh, Locals, hopefully tonight, because I'm packing, because I'm flying out again tomorrow uh, to get some work done with Millie, actually. Uh, and uh, I will put that on with the verbiage necessary. I wonder where Adam's son is. Anybody know? Just curious. That's just a question, right? We have a lot going on. We have a lot going on. Let's see. So what else do we have? What else do we have? Montana Republicans are actually changing election rules for one key Senate race. Republicans in Montana are trying to change the rule for next year's Senate primary to make it easier to defeat a Democrat. Hmm. That's an interesting headline from MSDNC. What did they figure out? Well, there's a bill that's moving through the state house in Montana that would change the structure of election from the party primary system currently in place to a jungle primary in which the top two vote getters advance to the general election, regardless of party. It's almost as if Montana has taken a memo from the Tory says chits because 
that move they say would essentially essentially box out libertarian candidates, but that's interesting. I believe it's going to allow more people to run. I believe that they're trying to pander and use a verbiage that doesn't make sense. Huh? That's very interesting, right? Very interesting. But we can't have fair elections if we're still using these damn machines. Now, the bill passed the Senate on Tuesday, and it's expected to pass the State House, which is GOP-controlled supermajority. Now, keep in mind right now, the GOP and the DNC are freaking out. We've got RFK that just dropped his name to run as a Democrat, but he's not raising money through Act Blue. We've got President Trump that the GOP does not want, right? Does not want coming up and trying to get DeSantis to run. But like I said, and the president agrees, right, that he needs to stay in Florida. Ron DeSantis is a young man who's not doing well against me in the polls, to put it mildly. I believe that if he decides to run for president, which will only hurt and somewhat divide the Republican Party, he will lose the cherished and massive MAGA vote and never be able to successfully run for office again. If he remains governor, which is what Florida voters assumed, it would be a whole different story. Just saying. But who knows? <laughs> kind of just saying, right? Just saying. Oh, for those of you that missed that, let's pull it on the feed. Hold on. Let me pull that up so you can see it. Because see, a lot of things are said and done, and I, I don't believe that people are paying attention. Paying attention to everything. And it's really hard to keep your eye on the ball when you're distracted with various things. So let's get into that, that screen here so you can see what the president said, because it's quite important. Could have written that myself, man. He knows. Ron DeSantis is a young man. Let me re-truth that. I've been posting on truth like crazy who's not doing well against me in the polls, to put it mildly, I believe that if he decides to run for president, blah, 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 just saying. Just saying. Now look at this. Let's watch this video. What did the president post? Did you guys see it? And uh, thanks to the way in which we have managed our withdrawal, no one, no one U.S. forces or any forces have, uh, have been lost. Conducting our drawdown differently would have certainly come with an increased risk of safety to our personnel. To me, those risks were unacceptable. But the likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. The Afghan military collapsed into a C-17, we've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago. The idea that Joe Biden said, come. Where a nation says, if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. They're there seeking asylum. First time ever we've told people they can't come to America. That ends, the cage is closed. Do not come. Do not come. Talk of inflation. The overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. Some folks have raised worries that this could be a sign of persistent inflation. But that's not our view. That is a fresh 40-year high. The second big reason for inflation is Vladimir Putin. 200 
120,000 Americans dead. You hear nothing else I say tonight. Hear this. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. Anyone who's responsible for that many deaths should not remain as president of the United States of America. If you're vaccinated, you can be around the vaccinated or unvaccinated people. We're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated co-workers. The choice is yours. You all made this possible. This is not about freedom or personal choice. Worst president ever is an understatement, you guys. Understatement. Let's see what else President Trump had to say. Hold on. This is playing. Give me a sec. There we go. I am pleased to report that after my search, we were able to find the gold paint driver given to me by my friend and former prime minister of Japan, Shinzo Abe. May he rest in peace. It was a locker with other clubs at Trump International Golf Club in Palm Beach County, Florida. It's never been used based on the fact that this club was given to me before entering office. I'm told that there are no reporting requirements, but I'm nevertheless forwarding it to NARA. My company buys thousands of clubs a year. The Democrat Party of Disinformation is working full time to say the reason D.A. Bragg's charge is so weak is that it's going to help me get the Republican nomination and I'm the one they want to run against. Actually, it's weak because they have nothing but hate and I'm the last person they want to run against. They said the same thing in 2016. And how did that work out? The disinformation Democrats only do it to demean me but I've had a a lot worse things said. Well, we can say that using AI to write up indictments is now being uh, normalized because they had to do something. Because what you're going to see is a federal intervention. While many people think that it's just that, they're coming for him hard. Now, while we're dabbling with Judge Marchand's donations, he's not going to be trying this. The feds are coming in and they're going to come in hard and all of you will be discouraged, but I'm here to tell you, you shouldn't be because if I know about it, then it's not a big deal. Now this weekend, as I was saying, I (laughs) infiltrated, I should show you the video. Those that were there um, and there, there were a lot of uh, friends and family because we're all family. That's the foundation of this nation anyway, is us all being as one community, as one family. We're there and they saw it. Here she is trying to run away from the camera. So I tried to do it in a more discreet way, just like I did to many of them, you know, just for facial recognition purposes. Take a look. Here's me having a casual conversation, trying to slow everyone down before we leave so that we can, so I can get a good shot. Here you go. Yeah, but you have to, you have to. And that was where I got the perfect shot because I knew who she was. And who she was is one of the biggest proponents of BLM. She heads everything in NOLA. And she was there. She was there. And I um, was able to, obviously, their uh, whole 
training session was $150 to pay. I wasn't going to do that. But I was able to find the rooms in the hotel where they were having suites with breakout rooms for training children on getting arrested and how the climate change was going to go. And let me go back to my truth feed so I can show you guys a picture of this woman so you know who she is. Allow me to do that quickly. So this is the chick that was on the video, right? Here she is on her social media. There she is from the video screenshot. I took a couple of videos, but here she is in plain view. I got a lot of people for facial recognition during the weekend. In other news, Justice Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas is being harassed by the same group that helped put in, uh, you know, domestic terrorists at the congressional baseball game when it was shot up and post that. On top of that, you know, that group, as I said, you know, Ratskin and his wife funded, well, they, their head point in Maryland, it's called the Tacoma Park Movement. It's one of these affinity groups, but it's the scariest one. And I'll tell you why. Because we have former U.S. attorneys uh, and financiers from the Department of Energy, Department of Treasury, and USAID that funnel foreign money to this domestic terrorist group uh, by the name of Tacoma Park. Uh, the females that actually lead it, right, are crazy insane. I, I you know, sometimes, I, and I like to explain it like this, and hopefully that I'll help. You know, we all try to surmise and understand how some people think. We all like to kind of take a step back and say, all right, well, maybe they have a POV that I'm not understanding, right? We always do that. Like, why would a kid stick their thumb in their mouth? Or why would someone taste dirt, right? Or why would someone go and promote a shooting of, you know, someone that's in the, you remember Scalise, right? So we have, why are they protesting at the congressional baseball game? How are they getting away with, you know, protesting at Supreme Court justices' homes. And right now, ProPublica, who also got money from Adam Schiff's son, I mean, from FTX, right? You know, they ran a hit piece on, um, you know, Justice Thomas. And the question is, okay, so they ran this hit piece saying that he's what? Getting money? From where? Why aren't you talking about Sotomayor? Why aren't you talking about the justices that have been rubbing elbows at Biden's and Obama's house and at Martha's Vineyard? I gave you the damn pictures. That's the problem when a sitting vice president is mingling with drinks at his house with Supreme Court justices. Uh, but we've talked about cocktail parties and Sotomayor at other times, too. It's very important. And it's important that all of us make sure we use our voices either through email, through social media to tell D.C. police, to tell the FBI we're freaking watching and we're taking names and this is not going to go away because the problem isn't so much that you know this. It's the fact that you're pointing it out and I can see it and here we are, here we are. So this is where people need to push. Now, you know, it was almost like a couple years ago when I told you guys, like Blumenthal, you remember ding dong, dang, dang Blumenthal. He had a shit ton of reserves in Venezuela and gold. He's made a ton of money and, you know, he's corrupt 
commie. You know, he should have been like removed from office anyway, going to the Communist Party convention. Like, isn't communism outlawed in the U.S.? Right. But here we come. Here we come. Here we come. Here we come. (sighs) Having said that, I have written so many, so many articles about Adam Schiff and a lot of people aren't talking about the stolen elections in California because they just assume everyone's crazy there. Uh, because a lot of people, when they're on camera, they'll say shit that they won't vote for. I noticed that. That a lot of people will say things, but it's not, you know, it's not the truth. They just say it. They pretend. It's almost like that lady on TikTok that said, I'm not going to pretend anymore. I'm just going to say it. Right? California elections were stolen. And actually, Adam Schiff knew who found it and asked Twitter to remove them. But that's coming later. Hopefully, we can ping that into the video. But I have to have conversations. I've just been so busy burning things on so many fronts. Because I have travel this week and I have travel next week. Um, You know, I'm excited though because, you know, Tennessee is pretty awesome. So... Uh, can't wait. And obviously DC is a cesspool, but I'm going to see a lot of friendly people. So I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, where do we go? Where do we go? What about Rick Johnson? Can we talk about Rick Johnson? You know, he was the head of Michigan's medical marijuana licensing board, and he used to be the house speaker. He admitted in taking $110,000 in bribes. He was selling medical marijuana licenses, basically. And here's what was said by the U.S. attorney for the Western District. Public corruption is a poison to any democracy. It almost feels like while all of you are sitting there scathing because of the bullshit that you see on social media, that you're not paying attention to actually what's happening. All these people are getting sick, arrested, resigning. And yet you're bitching like we're losing. I don't think you're paying attention. That's the problem. People should be paying attention more because if you paid attention, you'd be as excited as I am. As excited as I am. It almost feels like Ray is doing things we're not seeing. Garland's going to be in a lot of trouble. I mean, you know, when it comes out that SCOTUS positions are sold off as chits to the most loyal, people are going to be very pissed. I think they will be. There's so much corruption and so many things, but we're not focusing on what's important. And that's gutting everything. As I said, you're going to be, the majority of you will be (laughs) jumping ship, but by June, you'll be like, you'll be like the Hodgkin twins, you know, that jumped on the DeSantis train and then jump right off and then they'll jump back on. You know how that is. The people that aren't consistent. There's a lot of them because they get swayed. They get swayed. Now, how can we go about this? Raw story says that Clarence Thomas's defense of receiving billionaire gifts collapses under scrutiny. Hold on. 
Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas attempt to brush aside concerns that he has been influenced for decades by a billionaire who has lavished gifts and expensive getaways for himself and his wife didn't pass the smell test. That's what they said. In his column, the Post Glenn Kessler suggested the rare statement from Thomas to his critics not only doesn't fully address the issues being scrutinized, but instead creates more questions that need investigating. Breaking the jurist statement down, Kessler focused on Thomas asserting that he was advised years ago he was given the okay to not report the gifts from conservative billionaire Harlan Crow. Huh. Sounds like some crows coming. What, Tori? But that's hurting him. No, it's not. No, it's not. Why would it? Why would it? Think about it. Let's eat some crow. It's a coincidence, of course. Very big coincidence, isn't it? Just going to leave that for that. And you guys can sit back and enjoy what's to come. Crow had always extended hospitality to the Thomases over the years. But Thomas never asked for it. It's no different than the hospitality people extend to friends. I agree. Have you ever been my guest? If you're my guest, I will fawn over you. I will make sure you're taken care of. Some people take advantage of that. Others don't. That's just the right thing to do. Caca. Crows. <laughs> you see, everything comes into focus very slowly. But you know what? I'm really hoping that that Texas insinuates secession. Just the insinuation will make them go a bit wild. Just the insinuation. Speaking of Dallas, you know, because that's where Crow comes from. But another thing that we have to pay attention to, this is why they're fighting on many fronts. See, just like the right is scatterbrained because they're listening to these, you know, pundits, kind of like, you know, Charlie Kirk. Like, why is he important? He took $1.5 million and didn't go anywhere and didn't do anything. And then people are throwing the public's lady under the bus, Right. But it's not the problem. What have I said from the beginning? The problem that we have is that conservatives were trying to cover up the truth. And the truth is they got duped by a child predator, which, by the way, somebody actually shared the audio and I want to play it live. Hold on. I need to share this audio of Ali Akbar being called out in public, in public for being a child predator. And the person was fantastic in the way he did it because he introduced himself, had Akbar acknowledge that he's a real person, so he's not, oh, that's just a troll. <laughs> and he was called to the carpet for the things that he has done. So it's very important that, you know, people pretty much hear it. So, you know, to do that, I think it's important that I put this on YouTube too. So let me just connect YouTube for a second. I mean, the worst thing they could do is cut me off when I play a song. But here we go. Let's make this live. 
Let's send the data. Let's see if we're streaming. Sending data. Sending data. Still waiting. And it's streaming. We're live on YouTube. So sorry, YouTube. I don't really come on here much because YouTube likes to censor people. But I'd like to share some information that should be more accessible to people that are not familiar with Rumble and or not familiar with any other platform but YouTube to watch. So as you all know from for a couple years, I have been focusing on um, a CIA asset called Ali Abdul Razak Akbar. Razak is a very important and specific name for those that are, you know, Muslim. They understand that. Um, his mom is actually an attorney by the name of Lydia Du almost like Rob Dew, who Rob Dew's dad was the FBI guy that was telling Alex Jones about the whole Sandy Hook thing. And then when Sandy Hook people sued, they omitted Rob Dew, who almost sounds like a setup. And this is probably why they convinced Alex Jones to pretend that he paid for the event in J6 when we know he only forked up $50,000, um, but he claims that he gave Ali Akbar 80, when in total we know it was 3 million and 1.5 of that went to Charlie Kirk, but he never turned up for J6, you know, facts, like government certified facts that nobody wants to talk about, but I will because see, they don't own me. They all have, you know, this, uh, uh, this, uh, NDA thing that Benny Johnson was talking about. So let's go on this, uh, this, uh, audio clip of Ali Akbar getting called out, um, it makes you wonder how long until, you know, this is how you make cooperating witnesses. You get pedophiles, right, that are, that are actually found to be pedos. And then you put them out there to hang out with people in movements. And here is Ali Akbar who blocks anyone that he says is a troll. But I'd like you guys to listen to what was said. Because it's quite fascinating. All right. Uh, current, all yours, brother. Go ahead. Thanks so much for having me up. Uh, this question is for Ali. Ali, great to chat with you again. My name's uh, Tony Ortiz. We actually uh, spent some time yeah, together. You had me over your house a couple times. What's up, buddy? Uh, for, for some potlucks and everything. So um, I'm identifying myself so that you don't um, potentially dismiss me as some troll or some nobody. Um, so there's always been allegations around you constantly by everybody. I met with... Uh, uh, a man now, he's a man now, he was a teenage boy back when you were engaging with him, who had uh, Snapchat messages from you or from your phone that showed that you were asking for dick pictures from him, uh, nude photos from him. I independently verified those and I was able to confirm that they were real. I, I met, I saw the phone in person. I also saw the follow-up texts. Uh, they definitely came from your phone. Do you categorically deny that those came from you? Yeah, and, and that person that you're talking about has apologized to me. Um, so Yeah, I, he actually hasn't. I've actually been in constant communication. I'm, no, I'm just telling you that at CPAC Dallas 2021. Okay, but I, I've met with him in the last 30 days. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I know, that, I know that he was contacted by Milo. I know he's been contacted by all kinds of other people and, you know, pressed to do this and that. You know, what I will say is that, you know, and, and ask him about his friends too. ask him about all these little attempts to like DM, spam, create fake profiles and all that other stuff. And just give you the full context of what actually goes on in some of these 
you know, ops against me. So, no, I, I've, I've never received one, never sent one. And, um, and he ended up apologizing to me. And, um, you know, uh, and, um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, <laughs> ops against him was a 12 year old boy. You posted on your Instagram with white sauce on his face where you said, Oh, don't worry. It's not, it's not anything dirty. It's just a little ice cream. Can anyone blame me for having a best friend? That's 12. He said when he was in his twenties, but okay. See, they like prostitutes like Ali Akbar, right? Because they look small and tiny. That's why he looks at his figure. And if you know, he's short as shit too. Uh, I thought I was short. The fact that I could actually see him at mouth level is a big deal because I'm, I'm kind of short. But the thing is, truth comes out regardless. And, you know, that's the way it is. And I should have known better that he had that in his dirty closet considering he was butt buddies with... You know, a lot of people in the GOP, including and not limited to Carl Rove, Lindsey Graham, John McCain, and many others. So it's important that people understand who these postures right, are. And that's key. See, everyone knows, everyone says that Ali Akbar was responsible for the J6 event. But in fact, I'm going to read you a text right now. And that'll be part of the evidentiary things that will be put in, right? But I'm going to just read this out to you. Says one person, DC trip will consist of two groups, none of which can be in the closest one. The closest hotel is a bit expensive for the fifth till the seventh. Negative. They're centered around the capital. Wait, wait, next text. I know most of the events are centered around Freedom Plaza. They said negative. They're centered around the capital. And the president might wreck everyone's plans and make his own stage, says the other person. Very real possibility. Right on. Well, shit. I guess I'll look forward to the Capitol. And if he fucks up the plan, at least we'll have a group walking to the same area. And some smart guy says, I guess I'll be the one to say it. Why are we publicly posting our strategy on social media? And then the other person says, why? Who's leaking? <laughs> Almost like people were watching. Now, that's been submitted to the federal government. Yes? So again, when I tell you that there were multiple operations because people wanted to be heroes, I'm saying that and I'm putting a hard-ass period at the end of it as a fact. It's not allegation. It's a freaking fact. Not only that, after having discussions uh, with the team working on the J6 documentary, we've decided to kind of pivot on the second half. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to show you their testimony, and then we're going to show you facts on how they're lying. See, you have to ask yourself, if Tucker has all the capital footage, why was only the shaman released? Hmm? What are they hiding? Well, I'll tell you, the cover-up is worse than the grime. But then on the other hand, you can't be very important if you fucked up and rolled into a planned operation to get your president wrapped up into shit, now can you? No, you can't. And you can't do that because then your reputation goes from hero to below zero loser, 
right? And these are all people that are still on your social media that you still thump and think they're important. But the president retweets, hmm, pay attention. What has he been doing in the past? Showcase. He is a showman after all. And that's the way you win. Now, here's another thing. A former AG, right, Matt Whitaker, actually got with, you know, got on TV on Fox at Sunday Morning Futures with the reaction to Marion County Sheriff Billy Woods slamming the media over attempting to link gun control to a Florida murder case. Whitaker shared with substitute host Sean Duffy, where was Maria? Hmm, good question. The, uh, you know, his concerns about the left's gun agenda amid the surge of crime. Well, that's why we had a shootout in Louisville, Kentucky, right? Because Kentucky is key, remember? Sheer has a lot of explaining to do, but we'll leave it at that. See, Matt Whitaker said, and I quote, you're absolutely right. And that's what their whole agenda is. It's taking the law out of guns, out of law-abiding citizens from places like where you're from, like Wisconsin, places where I'm from in Iowa, where we all have lawful gun owners that respect each other's rights, but protect themselves and are also sportsmen. So, you know, I'm just worried about what the left is trying to do, especially nationally. If anything, we have learned about our government is that they love to orchestrate false flags. And many people will say, well, where do they get them? Well, it's one thing. It's called grooming. Grooming people is what they do. Now, I would like to take a very short break. We'll listen to Praying for My Immortal. And there's a video to it. It's a great mashup. I hope you enjoy Miguel's music. Here we go. So please enjoy this musical interlude as we gear up for the second part of this show. See you all in about four minutes. Praying is very important. It's not obsolete. It actually make things, makes things go. Now, for those of you that joined on YouTube, the show started about 50 or so minutes ago. And the reason that I didn't stream is because I didn't want to see that. I didn't want them to see it coming. We talked about fatalism, which is a philosophical doctrine that holds that events are predetermined and inevitable and that humans are powerless to do anything other than what they actually do. The term fatalism can refer to the ideas of any view according to which human beings are powerless to do anything other than what is happening. The belief that humans have no power to influence the future or indeed the outcome of their own actions. Now, there's different variations in fatalism. It can be categorized based on the level of control that's believed possible. 
This type of distinction is typically made from determinism, but can equally be applied to fatalism. Hard fatalism reflects the belief that humans have no control over their own destiny and that everything is predetermined. Soft fatalism reflects the belief that humans have some control over their own destiny, but that some things are predetermined. Keep that in mind. Now, I want to give you an example of how the power of good works. And this is just a, an alleged hypothetical situation. A lot of people out there that are fearful of evil, and I repeat that, fearful of evil, steer clear from it at all costs. For example, many of you walking into uh, a place that has skulls and demons and, and blood and Luciferian things like pentagons and statues of Baal, right? will run. Well, that's where you run into them. See, one thing about evil is that it has a specific frequency. For those that, are, that work in the sciences understand that very well. Frequencies can disrupt you. Heavy metal, for example, uh, the music and the tonality used, and I know there's a lot of people that like heavy metal, actually disrupts your psyche and actually disrupts the frequency of your synapses. There is actual medical research. That's the way good works on evil. For example, you walk into this like really creepy demonic place. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to sit here. I'm going to have dinner or drink and it's going to happen. And no one's going to kick me out and I'm not going to feel uncomfortable. All this evil shit around me is not going to affect me. And here's how it works. This is how they can tell. You walk into the lair and you stand at the threshold of where you want to sit. And as you stand there, you just stand in the threshold. You do nothing else. Stand in the threshold. And guess what? The whole place will empty out so that you can sit. I mean, you could try it. Anyone can demonstrate that. And many people will call it a miracle. It's not. It's actually the power of frequency. How you resonate does it. How you resonate does it. When you bring good into things, evil seems to run because it's almost like you're shedding light and cockroaches must leave. You must bring light into dark places. Avoiding dark places allows darkness to fester. I want to make that statement for those of you that have not seen something like that. I know others have. That actually happens. All you have to do is stand at the threshold of evil and it dispels. Fact. Fact. And I believe that about, was it 12 or 13 people can vouch for that. That happens, allegedly. Now, having said that, I want us to listen to what President Trump had to say. Yeah, what, Tari, this is old news. No. Now, I want you to listen to what President Trump has to say to the nation after his arrest. Because what he's telling you is very important. Hold on. Allow me to unmute, and here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the next president of the United States, President Donald J. 
investigations, Russia, 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 Ukraine, 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 impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, the illegal and unconstitutional raid on Mar-a-Lago, right here. The lying to the FISA courts, the FBI and DOJ relentlessly pursuing Republicans, the unconstitutional changes to election laws by not getting approvals from state legislators. The millions of votes illegally stuffed into ballot boxes and all caught on government cameras. And just recently, the FBI and DOJ in collusion with Twitter and Facebook in order not to say anything bad about the Hunter Biden laptop from hell, which exposes the Biden family as criminals in which according to the pollsters, would have made a 17-point difference in the election result. And we needed a lot less than that, like about 16.9. It would have been in our favor, not my favor, our favor, because our country is going to hell. And we remember the 51 intelligence agents who said Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. It didn't exist. It was Russian disinformation. Remember that? And that was all confirmed strongly by the FBI when they all knew that it wasn't Russian disinformation. And so much more. Our elections were like those of a third world country. And now this massive election interference. Can I just say... Did John Brennan and the other 50 agents that said that Hunter Biden's laptop was disinformation contribute to Biden's campaign? Kind of sounds like it. So when you have government-sponsored election interference, what do you call that? Oh, yeah, that's right. It's called tyranny, right? The 50 spies who lied, right? Because they lied hardcore, Because while they were writing that, I was already going through some stuff on it. And here's the other fun part. They want to make it Russian disinformation so bad that now my name is Toraskaya. Why? Because the FBI leaked the laptop and I got a hold of it. Oh, yes. There are good people in the FBI that are really pissed off at things that are happening. That's the way it is. (sighs) Ah. It's so fascinating to watch all of this. I can tell you this, John Brennan is toast, and so are others. There's a lot happening.
And boy, oh boy, like I said, the nerds at Harvard and MIT are all pissed. And I think a lot of them are defective Chinese assets. That's another story. Because I saw like this picture that the Navy currently put out on social media. And this is just me reading people. But have you guys seen the most recent one from the Navy saying, oh, look, all these people were just sworn in as citizens by joining our military? I'm really hoping that they're just, uh, you know, CBs or something. Because I could see one of them that looked like he was part of Al-Shabaab. And then I saw one person that definitely looked dodgy, totally eyes, did not want to be in that picture. If you pay attention, you kind of ask yourself, but, and here's the thing. We talk about grooming, like we groom children uh, to go and shoot up schools, right? That's what the government does. They find these mentally unstable people to then go and plot to, you know, kidnap the governor while that person who is mentally unstable is being surrounded by FBI agents encouraging them to do it, which is so weird, right? But, uh, <laughs> but the fact that other agencies from other nations like, you know, ISIS in Pakistan or in China, they groom their assets from toddler age. They bring them up from a very young age to be dedicated to the country and how they have a special mission. And then suddenly they get into foreign nations and place themselves in places that you have no idea who's there. But the only way that happens is uh, by working with people from within, right, John Brennan? You see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Now, let's continue to hear what our president had to say because it's quite fascinating. Biggest actual election interference, which is government-sponsored, is not being discussed. At a scale never seen before in our country, beginning with the radical left, George Soros-backed prosecutor Alvin Bragg of New York, who campaigned on the fact that he would get President Trump. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. This is a guy campaigning. He wanted to get President Trump at any cost, and this before he knew anything about me, didn't know a thing about me. He was campaigning. As it turns out, virtually everybody that has looked at this case, including rhinos and even hardcore Democrats, say there is no crime and that it should never have been brought. Never have been brought. Even people that aren't big fans have said it. They said this is not the right thing to do. It's an insult to our country as the world is already laughing at us for so many other reasons like our open borders, our incompetent withdrawal from Afghanistan, where we left behind American citizens, $85 billion worth of the best military equipment in the world, lost 13 magnificent young lives and far too many to mention that are so badly hurt with the loss of arms and legs and facial obliteration. The most embarrassing time in our country's history, in my opinion, then our give up on energy independence and even energy dominant. We're going to be dominant within six months, more than any other nation times two. 
We had this all just three years ago, our raging crime statistics. If you look in Democrat-run cities, numbers the likes of which we have never seen before, the open threats by various countries of the use of nuclear weapons, something never mentioned or discussed by outside nations during the Trump administration, and which could very well lead under the Biden administration's leadership to an all-out nuclear world war three can happen. We're not very far away from it, believe it or not. An economy that has been crippled by the biggest inflation we have seen in more than 60 years, and a military that I used to defeat ISIS in four weeks. They said it would take four years, four weeks, to kill al-Baghdadi and Soleimani, that has now gone woke at the top levels by trying to indoctrinate everyone down to the lowest-ranking patriot. But now they have really stepped up their efforts by indicting the 45th President of the United States, who received <laughs> 75 million votes, which is more than any sitting president in the history of our country. And in the wings, they've got a local racist Democrat district attorney in Atlanta who is doing everything in her power to indict me over an absolutely perfect phone call, even more perfect than the one I made with the president of Ukraine. Remember, I kept, kept saying, that's a perfect call. This one was more perfect. <laughs> Nobody said, sir, you shouldn't say that. Many people on the phone or hung up in disgust because of something I inappropriately said, because nothing was said wrong. In fact, at the end of the call, we agreed to continue our conversation about election fraud, and election fraud specifically in Georgia at a later time. Many people on the phone, including lots of lawyers, nobody found anything wrong with that perfect call until a book promotion tour. Many months later, all of a sudden, they said, you know, I remember trying to make it a call. Just look at that. This fake case was brought only to interfere with the upcoming 2024 election, and it should be dropped immediately. immediately. Then you have a radical left lunatic known as a bomb thrower who is harassing hundreds of my people day after day over the boxes hoax, you know, the boxes hoax, as we call it. Just so everyone knows, I come under what's known as the Presidential Records Act, which was designed and approved by Congress long ago just for this reason. Under the act, I'm supposed to negotiate with NARA, the National Archives and Records Administration which, as of this date, is a radical left troublemaking organization that red flags the Constitution of the United States and the Bill of Rights as dangerous and triggering. Can you imagine? This is what we have to deal with. But there is no criminality under the Presidential Records Act. That is not what it's all about. We were negotiating in very good faith, proper way, in order to return some or all of the documents that I openly and in very plain sight 
brought with me to Mar-a-Lago from our beautiful White House, just as virtually every other president has done in the past. When FBI and DOJ officials with NARA were here, I told my lawyer to show them the very secure storage room in which they were locked. The FBI's sole request in writing was, could you please put another lock on the door? We immediately complied. It's a lot different than the Biden situation, isn't it? The next thing I know, we were raided by many gun-toting FBI agents who took whatever they wanted, including my passports and medical records. Everybody was in shock. Nobody had ever heard of such a raid before. Can't even believe it. Who would think that that could happen today? I immediately thought of the Fourth Amendment that protects against unreasonable search and seizure. But they did it anyway because our justice system has become lawless. They're using it now, in addition to everything else, to win elections. Apparently, they're not looking at me through the view of the non-criminal Presidential Records Act. They came up with a new one. This is a new one. And they're looking at me through the Espionage Act. Think of that. How does that sound? Of 1917, where the penalty is death. Even though that has absolutely nothing to do with openly taking boxes of documents and mostly clothing and other things to my home, which President Obama has done, the Bushes have done, Jimmy Carter's done, Ronald Reagan has done. Everybody's done. In fact, Hillary Clinton got rid of 33,000 emails, and that was okay. But nobody's done it like Joe Biden. This lunatic special prosecutor named Jack Smith, I wonder what it was prior to a change. Who others of his ilk say he's even worse than they are, is only looking at Trump, yet Joe Biden took massive amounts more documents, even removed many boxes to Chinatown. You believe that? He's got $10 million from China. Where did that come from? I guess they were banking on Hunter's expertise. And had others stored in unsecured offices in Pennsylvania and strewn all over his garage floor where his now very famous Corvette is also stored. All over the floor, including classified documents. But that's okay. Perhaps most importantly, he has 1,850 boxes in Delaware which he is refusing to give up. But isn't that real obstruction? That's obstruction. As president, I have the right to declassify documents. And the process is automatic. If I take them with me, it's automatic. Declassify. Biden was vice president. He had absolutely no right to declassify as vice president. He doesn't come under the non-criminal Presidential Records Act. He comes under the very criminal Federal Records Act, unfortunately for him, but it's not going to matter because they don't follow the law, which has very severe penalties. He had classified documents that he took while he was a senator, which is absolutely inexcusable. And other senators, including Democrats, are outraged. But he's not being harassed and hounded 
like the people who work for me are. In fact, they seem to have forgotten about his documents entirely. So many, thousands and thousands. It's okay with him. They like to say that I'm obstructing, which I'm not, because I was working with NARA very nicely until the raid on my home. But Biden is obstructing by making it impossible to get the 1,850 boxes or explain why many documents were located in Chinatown. Can't explain it. Why were they in Chinatown? I don't know. Lastly, I'm under investigation. This time a civil investigation by another racist in reverse who also campaigned on, I will get Trump. I will get him. This was her campaign. Never ran for office. I will get him. Her name is Letitia James. And she proclaimed while campaigning, quote, I look forward to going into the office of the Attorney General every single day, suing him, and then going home. Before she knew me. She announced, what is fueling my soul right now is Trump. And that she had her eyes on Trump Tower. Those eyes are focused on Trump Tower. Didn't know the young lady. She even assured her supporters in an election promise that we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. He's going to know my name personally. And then she claimed that I was an illegitimate president. Think, think of it. With all, with all we did, with all we did on energy, with all we did on the military, on taxes, biggest tax cuts in history, biggest regulation cuts in history, right to try, people able to get drugs now that aren't approved. Hopefully we don't have that problem. Letitia James vowed to use every area of the law to, quote, investigate President Trump and his business transactions. Those transactions are going to be investigated, she said. And that of her family and his family. Because we're going after his family and we're going after them hard. This is all before entering office and all before knowing anything at all about me. But she's going to get me. This is why, along with unrelenting crime, so many people and companies are leaving New York. She said that I falsified my financial statements, but in fact, we're proving and will prove that my financial statements were substantially more than we submitted, not less. And in all cases, have a strong disclaimer clause in them, which tells the institutions that may look at that if they want to, not to rely on the statement. But they've got a problem with their case because, number one, I'm very underleveraged. They can't believe it, all the stuff they read and gave, and have very little debt relative to the value of assets. And importantly, not one bank has lost even one dollar. She was investigating me to save banks. They're very good lawyers. But they didn't lose a dollar with us during this period of time. In fact, the banks we're talking about made almost $200 million off Donald Trump, and they liked me very much. We never missed a payment, never got a default notice, had a great relationship with all of them. I don't need banks. We have a lot of cash.
Built a great business with my family. Built a fantastic business. I have a son here who's done a great job, and I have another son here who's done a great job. be great someday. He's tall. He's tall and he's smart. But I have a great family and they've done a fantastic job and we appreciate it very much. They've done it well. So she's suing me over banks that weren't defrauded when she should be focused on violent crime that's driving people out of the state. This is a persecution, not an investigation. She's put our family through hell. It's cost hundreds of millions of dollars to defend, but our heads are held very, very high. They want to settle the case, but I want no part of that. So here we are now. It's where we were today, in a city that was so great just four or five years ago. But now we're there, and time there today, as you possibly read, with a local failed district attorney charging a former president of the United States for the first time in history on a basis that every single pundit and legal analyst said, there is no case. There's no case. They kept saying, there's no case. Virtually everyone. But it's far worse than that, because he knew there was no case. That's why last week he delayed for a month and then immediately took that back and threw this ridiculous indictment together. Came out today, everybody said, this is not really an indictment. There's nothing here. My lawyers came to me and they said, there's nothing here. They're not even saying what you did. The criminal is the district attorney because he illegally leaked massive amounts of grand jury for which he should be prosecuted, or at a minimum, he should resign. And Alvin Bragg's wife confirmed a report that claimed her husband has Trump nailed on felonies. She has since locked down her Twitter account. His chief prosecutor, who represented the Democrats and crooked Hillary Clinton, and a firm run by Chuck Schumer's brother, Robert, he quit the firm in order to go to work in the DA office in order to get Trump. Can you imagine that? Hillary Clinton's lawyer, Democrat lawyer, Democrat firm. Ultimately, he quit as chief prosecutor because Bragg didn't think he had a case. Think of that same guy that brought this ridiculous thing today. Yet during his investigation, this prosecutor named Mark Pomerantz wrote and published a book saying all sorts of privileged things and has been very strongly, rep rec really, uh, reprimanded. He was reprimanded so strongly. I've never seen anything like it at probably the end of it. But what he did was probably very illegal. But he was very, very strongly reprimanded. Even District Attorney Bragg was furious with him. They were having a tremendous fight in the office because of him. But hope is never lost because various prosecutors in the DA's office also quit because they thought President Trump was being treated very unfairly. How about that? Isn't that great? Oh, I love them. I'd like to meet them. I'd like to meet them.
the DA's office even had a web page. Meet the team of executives who have done this to President Trump. That was the title. Isn't that nice? They immediately had to take it down. Meanwhile, overall, crime in New York was up 30% last year, much more than that the year before, with felony assaults, robberies, and burglaries all up by massive, massive numbers. Not the same place that I know, not the same place that you know. And this is where we are right now. I have a Trump-hating judge with a Trump-hating wife and family whose daughter worked for Kamala Harris and now receives money from the Biden-Harris campaign and a lot of men. We recently had another trial and the same judge told the fine man who worked for me for many, many years that if you admit your guilt, you will be in jail for 90 days. But if you don't, if we go through a trial and you're found guilty, you're going away for 10 years and maybe longer. No deals, no deals. A 75-year-old man with a great family really means life. What the prosecutors and judge did to that man, I will never forget. Because it's right out of the old Soviet Union. That's where we are. They said, you say anything about Trump, meaning that's bad. And you won't even have to serve the 90 days. You'll walk free. And they say that to many of my employees. We have this Jack Smith lunatic threatening people every single day through his representatives. They're threatening jail terms. But talk about Trump and you'll go free. This is where we are as a nation. Who would have thought they can't beat us at the ballot box, so they try and beat us through the law. That's the country in which we live, however, right now. The USA is a mess. Our economy is crashing. Inflation is out of control. Russia has joined with China. Can you believe that? Saudi Arabia has joined with Iran. China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea have formed together as a menacing and destructive coalition. Would have never happened if I were your president. Would never have happened. Nor would Russia attacking Ukraine have happened. All of those lives would be saved. All of those beautiful cities would be standing. Our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard, which will be our greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years. There will be no defeat like that. That will take us away from being even a great power. If you took the five worst presidents in the history of the United States and added them up, they would not have done near the destruction to our country as Joe Biden and the Biden administration have done. Incredibly, we are now a failing nation. We are a nation in decline. And now these radical left lunatics want to interfere with our elections by using law enforcement. We can't let that happen. With all of this being said, and with a very dark cloud over our beloved country, 
I have no doubt, nevertheless, that we will make America great again. Thank you very much. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you very much, everybody. Now, 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 hearing that today, you're seeing it differently, aren't you? Let's start with the Espionage Act of 20... Um, huh? I'm going to rephrase that. 1917. And it was actually ultimately put forward, right? They were charging two former lobbyists with the American Israel Public Affairs Committees with APAC. They were actually charged, but then the charges were dropped in August of 2005, and they dropped the charges in 2009. What are you talking about, Tori? Are you saying that the Espionage Act, that they actually use that? Yes, they do. Allow me to elaborate. Edward Snowden as well. And this is how they charge Julian Assange. Now, these are all journalists or lobbyists or former CIA analysts slash NSA like Edward Snowden. But has anyone in sitting office been charged with them? Yes, but not from a long time ago. In 19, the Espionage Act of 1917, a German socialist congressman and newspaper editor, Victor L. Berger, was charged with that. Socialist Charles Schneck was also charged with violating the Espionage Act of 1917 when he circulated a flyer that opposed the military draft. Now, what does the Espionage Act of 1917 say? Let's take a look at that. Let me take a look. I think I've talked about this before, but let's go through it again. Why not? Let's see. Hmm. No, no. I need that. There it is. U.S. Code Chapter 37. Espionage. Wait. What's this? Have you seen it? See, a lot of people talk without reading. So officially, it's 18 U.S. Code Chapter 37, which is espionage and, oh, wait, what's that word? Oh, shit, censorship. Let's continue because we have to show you. <laughs> we can't just tell you. So this is the official U.S. Code Chapter 37. I just wanted to put this out there for a second. Now, the Espionage Act pretty much says that if you are giving, you know, comfort to the enemies of your nation, then you should be charged. A congressman can be charged under the Espionage Act of 1917. Why? Because what does the Espionage Act say? What does it really say? Are you spying? Does anyone... No. What it says? Because the Espionage Act seems to be applicable to those that are sitting in Congress right now. It was enacted on June 15, 1917, just as the U.S. decided they're going to enter World War I. The Espionage Act of 1917 was to prohibit, to, again, prohibit 
giving away information like radar stuff or facilities that the government is using or sharing such information with foreign nations. It was based on the Defense Secrets Acts of 1911, especially the notions of obtaining or delivering information relating to national defense to a person who's not entitled to have it. Right. So it's like me giving information about surveillance systems or blimps, right, Adam, to someone in a foreign nation that may or may not be a communist in Ukraine. Now, the Espionage Act limited any Americans' First Amendment rights also. It prohibited obtaining information, recording pictures, copying descriptions of any information relating to the national defense with intent or reason to believe that the information may be used for injury of the United States or to the advantage of a foreign nation. Now, considering all the things that we've been watching right now, through those that are sitting in chairs that you pay for and those salaries that you pay for, Sounds like all of those people are responsible for violating the Espionage Act of 1917. I believe that once, well, soon to come in the future, uh we'll have a new Espionage Act, maybe an amendment to it. Because it wasn't aggressively enforced because a lot of people were dissenting against it. The Pentagon Papers that Daniel Ellsberg, uh, he was a former defense analyst who leaked um, famous Pentagon Papers, he was the one that went to trial in 1973. In, in the end, all the charges were thrown out. It's considered First Amendment, and obviously, you can't be jailed for sharing information that depict crimes that people... Allegedly, 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 in a position to represent your nation have committed. So I want you guys to take a think and see how this applies. I want you to think of the Espionage Act when you're thinking of people like Adam Schiff or Mark Warner or Nancy Pelosi or Blumenthal or Schumer or I can continue. The list is quite long. It's extremely long. So again, here we are implementing the Espionage Act with no actual charges. See, that would have been charges if Lev Parnas was able to be a witness. But thank God for former FBI official, Mr. Rossini, who dispelled that story. I mean, that would have bought him time for the federal government to come in. I mean, this is a state court and they're pushing Espionage Act. It already tells you what's happening. We have another state where we have lawsuits pending, which they're going to flip into federal charges. You'll see. But that's okay. Kind of like the way I knew they were going to raid him and ultimately indict him. Well, here we are. Sometimes when people believe that it's fatalism, you have to think what type of fatalism. This is a a soft fatalism because humans do have control over their future. 
I've said this before, algorithms that are used in predictive analytics erroneously use humans as absolutes or give a generalized feel for it. But in order for you to make chaos linear, because it's not, you have to accept things as absolute nodes. And suddenly, all the information you want is present. All of it. In one linear fashion. Now, everyone is so distracted and they're lacking focus, but as you see, a lot of things are happening. Allow me to demonstrate this with another Twitter feed showing. Hold on. Let's get this going. So, a lot of people are upset at Elon Musk. I want you guys to pay attention. This isn't pro-Russia, this is pro-freedom. But I want you guys to see what this person is saying. Mr. Anonymous Ops United says to Elon Musk, Is this a violation of terms of service calling for genocide of Ukraine? How is a terrorist state verified? Why did you allow Russian leaders back on the platform lifting Twitter's regulations against Putin and Russian officials? Why are you not abiding by sanctions? First of all, anonymous loser, Twitter is now a private company. It is not a federal entity anymore. Therefore, it does not need to apply any sanctions by the federal government. Now, let's read what triggered him. Russian government official says, why will Ukraine disappear? Because nobody needs it. Number one, Europe doesn't need Ukraine. The forced support of the Nazi regime by the American Mentors Order has put Europeans into financial and and into a financial and political inferno. Facts. All for the sake of Banderas on terror Ukraine that even the snobby, insolent Polacks don't take for a valid country and time and again toss in the issue of its Western areas, Anschluss. There's a nice perspective ahead. To permanently put the nouveau Ukrainian blood-sucking parasites on the decrypt EU arthritis-crippled neck, that'll be the final fall for Europe, once majestic, but robbed off by degeneration. Number two, the U.S. doesn't need Ukraine. True, the military and sanction campaigns are attempted for PR by political blabbermouths who long ago attested to their impotence and imbecility. Average Americans don't understand what Ukraine is and where it is. <laughs> Fun fact, tons of Americans don't even know where countries are on a map. That's a fact. Most of them won't show this power on the map at first take. Why won't the U.S. establishment focus on inflation and job issues or emergencies in their home states instead of a country 404 unbeknownst to them? Why does so much dough go across the ocean? You know, he was spitting facts. But look at what he says. Elon posted 10 minutes ago. Let's share the post there. Isn't this an American company doing business with Russia? It is indeed a clear violation of sanctions. He tweeted eight minutes ago. Thank you. Unblocked and blocked again. So <laughs> he blocked Elon. Here's what Elon had to say. I told Putin... 
I'm told Putin called me a war criminal for helping Ukraine. So he's not exactly my best friend. All news is to some degree propaganda. Let people decide for themselves. That's what's up. See, everyone seems to want to do the nanny thing. And people are upset. But the fact is, nobody needs a Ukraine. That laundromat is gone. It's completely gone. And it's necessary to allow them to spotlight it in order for people to see the actual atrocities that they are committing to their own people. Now, take a look at this. Weaponization committee. Breaking. We know the FBI is relying on information derived from us at least... One undercover employee sought to use local religious organizations as new avenues for tripwire and source development. Here's the letter. Dear Director Ray, the Committee on the Judiciary is conducting oversight of the Federal Bureau of Investigation handling of domestic violent extremism investigations against Catholic Americans and its effect on protected First Amendment activity. Based on the limited information produced by the FBI to the committee, we know that the FBI relied on at least one undercover agent to produce its analysis, and the FBI proposed that its agents engage in outreach to Catholic parishes to develop sources among the clergy and church leadership to inform on Americans practicing their faith. This shocking information reinforces our need for all responsive documents, and the committee is issuing a subpoena to compel your full cooperation. We have repeatedly sought information from the FBI relating to January 23rd, 2023 document generated by the Richmond Field Office entitled Interest of Racially and Ethnically Motivated Violent Extremists in Radical Traditionalist Catholic Ideology Almost Certainly Presents New Mitigation Opportunities. That's the alleged FBI's Richmond document. In this document, the FBI purported to categorize Catholic Americans based on theological distinctions and relied on Southern Poverty Law Center to suggest that certain kinds of Catholic Americans may be domestic terrorists. On February 16, 2023, we first wrote to you requesting documents and information to inform our oversight. After receiving no response, we reiterated our outstanding request in a subsequent letter dated March 20th, 2023. On March 23rd, 2023, we received a substandard, a substandard partial response consisting of only 18 pages, many with significant redactions of personally identifiable information or specific non-public information about FBI investigation sources and methods. Huh. That prevents the committee from fully assessing the content and context of the documents and obtaining information requested from the Bureau. The limited information that was provided to the committee makes clear that we must possess all responsive material without redactions. From this selective production, we know that the FBI, relying on information derived from at least one undercover employee, sought to use local religious organizations as, and I quote, new avenues for tripwire and source development. For example, in a section of the document entitled Opportunities, the FBI wrote, in addition to redacted, engage in outreach to the leadership of other society St. Pius X chapels in the FBI Richmond area of responsibility to sensitize these congregations to the warning signs of radicalization and to enlist their assistance to serve as suspicious activity tripwires. 
So Catholicism for me was always weaponized. So it's really weird that they target the Catholics because the Catholics are usually, no offense to those that are Catholics, they're usually whitewashed when it comes to, you know, standing up for First Amendment rights. You know, they still believe the Pope is holy, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm just saying. The FBI has been using churches for a long time. Do you remember how they took Ukraine down? I told you this years ago. They actually went into the Ukrainian churches in 2014. I think I helped coordinate some of that. They broke down the Ukrainian faith. They created a Ukrainian Orthodox church that was separate from the main Orthodox church. And uh, right now, there are clergy in Ukraine that are traditional Orthodox Christian churches, not by the Ukrainian one that Soros helped create because it was new, right, that are wearing ankle bracelets. The Greek Orthodox Church in the United States has many parishes that do the same thing. They report on their own people of their congregations. They want to know what they're doing. Those that confess, do they come? Who do they meet with? Because you don't really get feds in churches. And um, that's an avenue that they've already tried and tested in Ukraine that helped with a lot. So. I'm just putting that out there. Josh Howley lifting his sword after saying that the Restrict Act was okay uh, is now saying that the FBI is targeting Catholic parishes. Well, no one's talking about, you know, Orthodox Christian ones or the Jewish temples or, right, the where all the Muslims congregate. They're just talking about the Catholics. Why are they being selective? There's documents that show it for all religions. So that should be a question because when your churches are assets of the state that shut down religious services because COVID, that enforce masks and vaccines because everyone will die if you don't. But guess what? The church still survived the Black Plague with no masks and social distancing. But, you know, whatever, right? <laughs> I digress. Our political climate is insane. What we need to focus on is nailing these idiots, right? We can go back and forth. They'll do as many shootings as they need. They will shoot you up to take your guns. We are the only nation, I believe, that can legally own arms. And that's a problem for them. That's a problem because most of those that are serving the military agree with that notion that the public should be armed. Now, speaking of, so I can end today's show, tomorrow I will be traveling, so I will be doing an early show, uh, just saying that. Um, I will be living an episode of Enjoy the Show that has been sitting idly for three months. It is episode one spinoff from Enjoy the Show that uh, is the documentary on my web, on, on, it's not on my website, it's on YouTube. I have it under YouTube. It's actually, once you get on the page, it's right there. And um, it's also on Rumble under the um, producer's handle for Broken Anthem. So um, I will be putting that up to showcase tonight for all of you. Uh, so it'll be on for you to watch live with me at 8 p.m. 
it is incredible. And it's one episode of others that will come. So I will be sharing that later on today. But what I wanted to share is something else. Hold on. Oh, just going to leave that right there. There you go. Thank you, Scotty. Fantastic. Here's Adam Schiff's son. Here's the FTX guy. Just going to leave this here. Now, having said that, let's, where's my profile? I'm going to go to my profile. Gosh. No, I don't want to add an existing account. I only have one. There we go. I wanted to show you guys something. I want you guys to listen to this little troll, what he says. This Nazi and all his stupid clones in tow. Hold on. He's demanding Crimea goes back to Ukraine and it's mandatory. I say this little troll with all his little, you know, clones in tow should shut up. Where is that? Uh, I have to say Ted Nugget nailed this one. Kid Rock was right. This is what happens before you drink Bud Light. This is what happens after. You know, when I saw Michelle Obama coming out with her book, Becoming Michelle, would have thought she would have been honest. You know, they're the ones that began the whole transgender thing, and they lied to the world saying, you know, she's a woman. So, and let's not forget, uh, let me go back to my profile. For all of you out there that are journalists that keep forgetting that Julian Assange is still in jail, most of you made money off of the information that he gave you. Not mentioning the fact that he's still in there makes you horrific. I forget too sometimes to say it every day on my show and I'll make it a habit. This man gave us information that was pertinent to understanding the corruption within many governments. And they took him out of the picture just when it was pertinent. And I'm going to tell you one thing and remember this carefully. When the criminal charges come for President Trump, you're going to see that they're going to roll back the clock to 2016. It was God's intervention creating the physical mitigation for the election theft. We must all remember who spoke up and who quickly shut up because it's all going to come to the carpet. So on a final note, there's Adam Schiff. Stay tuned for that documentary coming too. I'll put up the trailer at some point and I'll see you guys early tomorrow before I leave. God bless. And here is another musical interlude. I mean, there's never enough praying. And obviously, you know, if we want to say it, <coughs> God is the greatest showman on earth. I mean, it's his. He made it out of words. He spoke it into reality. And his children still don't get it. There's never enough praying.